Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jim. You did great for just getting thrown in there at the last second. Appreciate that. I came up to him and I said, do you know these songs? He's like, oh boy. All right, we're back in our series of in uh, Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 is where we're at, going to be at this this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 16 through 26. And you can dismiss all, I need to dismiss the children. I was back there going, dismiss the kids, dismiss the kids. Kids, you're dismissed. Day late in the dollar shay, huh? Yeah, it means you can go as well, Melvin. Yeah. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. Will you read with me? The word of the Lord says this. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I have warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before your throne of grace and mercy, Lord. I'm so grateful that you have provided a means in which your throne is a throne of grace and mercy for those who have accepted the wonderful gift of salvation that Jesus Christ has purchased for us on our behalf, that his righteousness was the means in which we can come before your throne at any time, being justified not in our own righteousness, but in his. We are so grateful, God, for salvation. We are grateful to be recipients of your grace, your unmerited love, and your mercy, withholding what we truly deserve. Because you are a God of love. We're so grateful, God, to be here this morning, to be able to know who you are as you've revealed yourself in your word and how we can have relationship with you through Jesus. And Lord, as we are born again, as we receive Jesus as Savior, you not only have revealed who you are and how we can be, be saved, but you've revealed to us how you desire us to walk. And Father, we come to this scripture now, realizing and confessing to you that we cannot 
bear the fruit that you called us to bear in our lives in and of ourselves. It is a work that, uh, that you will do within us, Lord, as we renew our minds in your truth, as we walk and abide in Christ, all those things you've told us we can do because of what you've done in Christ. So we're so grateful. We just ask that you would help us, Lord. Give us wisdom that is from above. Lord, I pray that you would minister to the hearts of each and every person that is listening to this right now. That your spirit would do a work wherever they're at. Whatever ministry that needs to be done to them, Lord, that you would do so. And that, uh, Lord, my prayer is that we would all be more conformed into the image of Jesus. And that we would, the fruit of the Spirit would be more evident in our lives as you uh, desire us to have. We ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right, so we have the fruit of the flesh, we're, or fruit of the Spirit this morning. That's the title of the, the message, the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a, just a wonderful, uh, Galatians chapter 5 is just, just packed full of so much practical truth. And so I just want to, uh, Brandon preached for me last weekend, but uh, before that we, we just have been going just verse by verse and just trying to understand what God is calling us to. And now he's called us to, to have our faith uh, be working out through love, loving others, loving God, and, and demonstrating that by loving others, being sacrificial as Christ has called us to, all those wonderful things. And then then he gets to the crux of the matter and says, look, you are to walk in the Spirit. You are to be led by the Spirit. You are to be filled by the Spirit. These are the calls of Scripture that we are ultimately need to be, in, be controlled by and yield to the Spirit of God that indwells the hearts of every believer. And that uh, it is a war that's going on inside of us. That's where we left off a couple of weeks ago that uh, Paul says that, uh, that our heart is... Uh, battling our flesh, our fleshly heart is battling the the, the spirit that dwells inside of us, the, the new creation the, the spirit has done. And there's a battle going on in this walk, in this life. There's a coming day when God's promises will come to all fruition and we will be without sin. We will That old dead heart will be dead. That fleshly heart will be dead. And we will not have to struggle with sin anymore. Whether we go to be with the Lord and death, or if he returns. We talked about that in Sunday school. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. There's coming a day when we won't have to struggle with it anymore. But until that day, until that day, there is a battle going on. And God is calling us through his inspired word to, to seek the things that are above and to, to pursue those things he's calling us to, to, to walk in the Spirit so that we might have the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our lives for the benefit of not only us, but to our families, to those around us, that others may see the light of Christ shine through us. That is what he's calling us to do. And so Paul is using this often uh, referenced analogy of fruit that we find in Scripture. Right? He says the works of the flesh are the fruit of the flesh, what we're born with, the, the, the heart that was born, what we were born when, when, you are, when we were conceived and, and uh, were born naturally. The works of the flesh are obvious. 
sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. And so if you're like me, you look at some of those and go, well, I'm glad I'm not doing those. I'm glad I'm not that. But there's a few that hit me right square right in the head, right? Bullseye. Still, I've been walking with the Lord 15 years, and I still struggle with anger, angry outbursts. This is a war going on inside of me that I can't win in my own. I can't win in my own strength. It has to be God doing a work in me and through me. And this fruit is rampant in this world. We see the consequences of the fruit of the flesh in families all over this world and societies all over this world. It is rampant. There's no political system or government program that's going to fix that. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform the lives of people and the hearts of people. And I pray that today you can sit here and say, yes, I am in Christ and therefore I have the ability, the opportunity to display the fruit of the Spirit in my life. To agree with the Spirit to agree with God that what he's called me to do, to pursue these things, to pursue a life that pleases him and glorifies him and, and the means in which I interact with people. I pray that you can say that today, that you, you desire to be able to do this. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you can. Because the Spirit of God dwells within you. When you understood your need for Jesus, a need for a Messiah to be, to be reconciled, to be cleansed because of your sin. I hope you've had that opportunity, that moment where you've had that personal encounter where the Spirit of God convicted you of your need to turn from whatever you were placing your faith in before and believe and receive Jesus as Savior as the only means in which you can be reconciled to Him. I pray that that has been the case for you. And that as you've done that, the promise of Scripture is that God has given us the down payment of our inheritance. And that's the Spirit of God dwelling in the hearts of of us, of the believers. We are now the temple of God because God dwells within the hearts of the believer. And He desires to do a work within us. He desires to cleanse us, to conform us into the image of Jesus. But it's not about doing a bunch of lists of rules and regulations that's going to do it. That's what the entire letter to the Galatians is about. It's not the works of the law. It is by grace. Remember what Paul said? If the Spirit began a work in you, now are you going to finish by completing that in your flesh? Absolutely not. It's through the power of the Spirit we are transformed. We are changed. We begin to shed the fruit of the flesh and begin to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit as we walk in Him or led by Him. So we see the fruit of the flesh and then we see the fruit of the Spirit. Paul gives us that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. You see how these interact with these fruits are a means in which we are 
Can we employ these things to people around us? If the call is to love, only the Spirit of God can give us the love that Jesus has for us. To be joyful, to to be a peacemaker, to have patience with people, to be kind to people, to demonstrate goodness in your life and faithfulness, to be gentle towards one another, to have self-control. These are the fruits that all of the world desires. But they desire them outside of a relationship with God. They desire to be their, the God of self and to have these fruits in and above their own means instead of what God has done through Jesus and sending the Spirit of God. So we see these two different fruits the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit. And we know uh, the, 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 uh, the, the analogy of fruit is all throughout Scripture. We, the two weeks ago, we talked about um, how God desires to transform us. And the, the way he desires to do that most often is a means to, as we went to 1 Corinthians, Paul says, Behold Jesus. Seek him out. Look to Jesus. Behold his glory. He's given us his word. We can see Jesus in all his glory. We can understand who he is. And as we behold him, we are transformed into his image. And this fruit that uh, it begins to demonstrate, be demonstrated in our life as, as a fruit of the Spirit. And we talked about in John 15 where Jesus said, Abide in me because I am the branch. You are the vines. Right? He's the trunk. And Jesus, in his earthly ministry, said we need to abide in him. We need to cling to him. We need to behold him. We need to walk in him. And that is the means in which we renew our mind with the Spirit of God within us and the Word of God to, to, to guide us and, and the church to, to help us in, in, in the struggles that we all face in pursuing these things, to to be along, walk alongside one another in this call to pursue Christ. These are all things we can do because of what God has done. This fruit is only when we abide. Here's another example of fruit in Scripture in the New Testament. Luke chapter 6, this is Jesus saying, A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. We see... Time and time again, scriptures point us to this fact of fruit. How we can see fruit in our lives, in our own lives, in other people's lives, and we can, we can have a, a bit of discernment as to what's going on. What's, what's, what's the struggle? And uh, specifically for us, if God's calling us to, to pursue God and walk in the Spirit, um, can we use this, this analogy that he's given us in Galatians chapter 5 to help us in our walk, to practically help us in our walk? 
If we know we're to shed the fruit of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit or to have the fruit of the Spirit manifested because of what the Spirit's doing within us, how can we use this as a tool in our own lives? And that's where I kind of want to just camp out this morning. There's an Old Testament um, passage here that I wanted to share with you about the problem, the root of the problem, right? In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, the real problem is the heart. Out of the overflow of the heart comes the fruit. And we see here in Jeremiah 17 the same thing. This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the person who trusts in mankind. He makes human flesh his strength, and his heart turns from the Lord. He will be like a juniper in the Araba. He cannot see when good comes, but dwells in the parched places in the wilderness. In a salt land where no one lives. The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is indeed in the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out towards the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Do we see this vivid description the prophet Jeremiah has given us of what it means to abide in Christ? Before the storms come, what are you abiding in? What are you placing your faith in? Are you pursuing this call that God has called us to, to to renew our mind and abide in Jesus so that the Spirit of God would be able to produce this fruit in our lives in spite of the circumstances of this life. All of us in this room know there's no getting around it. This life can be awfully difficult. Trials come. Things become overwhelmed, overwhelming in our lives. COVID-19, right? Just sends a... Everybody's heartbeat just starts increasing. We just mentioned the word. And all that we've gone through the last year. All the different trials that I know each and every one of you are experiencing as I've talked with you. But God is calling us to to place our faith in the fact that he desires this fruit to be within us as we not ask him to release us from the trials and consequences of this world, but that he would give us this fruit in spite of the trials and consequences of this world. That even through the difficult times, the fruit of the Spirit would be made manifest in our lives. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Who can trust it? That is our natural heart. What a great description of our natural heart that we're born with. The heart is deceitful than anything else and incurable. There's no fixing our fleshly heart in and of ourselves. It is only through the new birth the new heart given to us in salvation. That is the cure. The heart is more deceitful. 
than anything else and incurable who can understand it. I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way, according to what he deserves. The Lord's worried about your heart. The Lord Jesus came to rescue you from your heart problem. To give you a new heart. I think of King David. Prophet was sent to King David's father's house to pick the king. And all his brothers were taller, more staturely, and looked like to be kingly. And so the prophet was going through and saying, God's like, nope, not that one, not that one, not that one. And it came down to, I don't care what he looks like on the outside. What I care about is the heart. And all of us have a heart problem. Outside of Jesus, there's no, incure, there's no cure. We are born separated from God. We are born with a heart that denies and rejects God as our creator. And it is only through what Jesus has done through the gospel that we can be given a new heart. And that's what Paul's speaking of here. That because we've been made new in other epistles in Ephesians and and, um, Colossians, he says, put off the old man. That means we have to do something. That means let go and let God isn't entirely true. We have to purpose to do these things. We have to cooperate with what God is, wants desires to do in our life. Put off the old man. Put on the new. Put on the armor of God. Every day, all these instructions to pursue these things because it's not natural. What's natural is our heart of flesh. And if you're like me, if I'm not actively pursuing God and trying to abide in Christ, I easily slip back into the old habits. And that heart of flesh rears its ugly head subtly yet again, time and time again, because there's a battle going on. And so how important it is for us to understand there's a battle going on inside of us. God has made us uh, uh, new and gave us salvation. We're secure in that. But he's also given us an opportunity to, to, to pursue him in our new heart, giving us the spirit of God. And this is called the three trees diagram. Maybe my, there it is. That's the three three trees diagram. If you have a bulletin, it should be in your bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin, they're out there. Um, It's this really good um, visual representation of what Paul's talking about here in Galatians and what Jesus spoke of in Luke chapter 6 about our heart and the problem with it. And so this three trees diagram, we see here at the top, number one, it says heat, the sun, Right? And these are, this represents our situation. What is your situation in life? What is the trial that's, that's come in? Because I'm a pretty good Christian. I'm a pretty loving guy when everything's going great. My bank account's full. But when the trials come, when life gets hard, when the heat comes, what kind of fruit does that situation bear out in my life? 
And so we can see here the point number two is that typically outside of Jesus, it's bad fruit. We become angry, right? I feel a loss of control. So what I do, I like to get angry. So I feel like I'm regaining a sense of control because everybody else runs for the woods, right? But that's bad fruit. And ultimately that bad fruit is because I have a bad root problem. The heart that I was born with, the heart of flesh. The heart of flesh that's opposed to God and opposed to those things and desires to rule uh, self. And because I'm not in control, I get angry because I want to rule. In reality, that's God's dominion. Our Lord and our God reigns and rules. I'm trying to usurp the control that only belongs to our Creator God. So I have a bad root problem. This fruit of the flesh, this, these works of the flesh that Paul lists are all fruit of not the situation, the murder, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. These are all bad things, but they're not the problem. That's just the fruit of the real problem, and that's the, the heart. I have a heart of flesh is outside of the things of God. And praise be to God, He has given us a means in which we can be rescued from our heart of flesh. And it is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. God sent His Son into the world. He became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus went to the cross. He lived the life perfectly because He was not only a man, but He was fully God. He came and lived the law. That's something that you and I could never do. As Paul masterfully has demonstrated in Galatians in the chapters before. He lived it out perfectly. He's fulfilled that law for us. And then he went to the cross to be our vicar, to be our substitute, so that he would stand in our place and the, the God the Father poured out his wrath upon Jesus for sin. The judgment of sin for you and I was poured upon Jesus. Jesus took the penalty for us so that we might be made righteous in him. So that all who understand the good news that Jesus came to die for you, and if you believe and receive him as Lord and Savior, if you do that, the scriptures declare that you will be born again, born from above, be saved eternally, and be made a new creation. Creation. That is the gospel. That is the means in which God has uh, provided a way to rescue us from our heart of flesh. And so it's Jesus. That's why this is the three trees diagram. We have the, the tree with the bad fruit. And the only way that we can genuinely demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit that is listed is through the tree, through the cross, a place in your faith and trust in Christ's accomplished work alone. There is one mediator between man and God, and it is Christ Jesus. There is no other way. 
He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That is the gospel. That is my plea to you, that you would turn and receive Jesus, that you would believe and receive him as Savior this morning, if, if that is not you. That you too could, by faith, trust in what Jesus has done and in believing and trusting in that, be made new. Be given a heart of God. A new heart that pursues after God. That the Holy Spirit would come into your heart and begin to begin a marvelous work within you. The Holy Spirit is so key. John chapter 7, Jesus says this, The one who believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Streams of living water flowing deep within him. He goes on in verse 39. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit. It hadn't happened yet at this point. But John's showing us those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He had not gone through the death, burial, and resurrection. He had not been glorified in ascension. But he's talking about the Spirit. He would go on to say to his disciples and to us because it was recorded for all who will believe that the Spirit will be within you and remain in you. What an amazing gift that the Spirit of God desires to produce this fruit in us. Not as we try to keep a list of rules harder, but as we abide, as we behold the glory of Jesus and just meditate on His goodness and what He's done for us and seek to live for Him and to glorify Him in our lives and and pursue these things He's calling us to. Sowing and reaping. My notes aren't working very well. Sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. And so the the thing that I just want to remind us of this morning is this is a work that the Spirit does within us as we pursue Him, as we attempt to walk in the Spirit on a daily basis, as we are filled with the Spirit. And if you're like me, you know it can get kind of discouraging because you just you get all fired up like i want to live for 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 jesus today and you go out and you just get just blown over and next thing you know you're in your flesh and your things of your life is just blown up and it can be kind of discouraging but god is this is what god has called us to this is what god has called us to pursue to not just sit back and let the streams of life take us wherever they may go, but he's called us to pursue him in this regard, to to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. But the important aspect of that I want to emphasize in closing this morning is that it's a matter of sowing and reaping. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. I wish it did. But it's a matter of putting your back to the plow 
day in and day out and pursuing these things. That's what Paul says in Galatians 6. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. See what Paul's doing here? He's like, look, you have a, you have a choice on a daily basis of what you're going to do with your life and what you're going to do with this salvation. If you're just going to let the flesh do the flesh, then you're going to reap destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. It's a matter of principle of sowing and reaping. We all of us know that have tried to plant produce. I say try because I don't think I've ever been successful. But you put the seed in the ground. And the next day it doesn't pop up, does it? You water it. You till it. You pull the weeds. You water it some more. You kind of hem and haw and wonder if what's going on. But you have to put time into it to reap the harvest. And it is that that our spiritual walk, what Paul is calling us to, doesn't just happen all of a sudden. It's not just some emotional experience and from that point on you're, you're, you're just good and you have all the fruit of the Spirit. It is a day-by-day pursuing Jesus in the power of the Spirit, asking Him to be led by the Spirit. And when those trials of life come, Right? When the heat comes, what a great. Oh, of course, he's back there. If you can put that picture back up there. Thank you. What a great opportunity for us. So when I go out Tuesday morning and someone makes me upset and I want to respond in anger, I have an opportunity for the Spirit to go, What fruit are you demonstrating right now? Sorry, Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to respond in kindness instead of anger. Day by day, step by step, this is how God transforms us by the power of the spirit. As we seek him, follow after him, my promise to you is you may not see the the results right away, but I guarantee you'll be able to look back a couple years from where you're at and say, yeah, God's been doing a work. Still have a long way to go, but he desires to do this work within us as we walk in the Spirit, are led by the Spirit. The choice is up to you. What are you going to sow? What are you going to use your energies towards? I want to, this church wants to be here and help you in our, your pursuit to follow after Jesus and to walk in the power of the Spirit. And so if you uh, desire help in that regard, I would uh, just encourage you to reach out to me. And uh, my, my wife is uh, someone that has walked with women um, through these different, different things. And so if this is something that uh, has stirred your heart, please reach out to us. We want to we wanna help you in this. That, 
example here is a, there's a deeper example as far as how do you examine your 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 motivations and of your heart and all that stuff that's on the back table in the foyer i'll give you a little more verse by verse or uh, just a little more do- detailed explanation of how you can use this three tree diagram in your life when the heat comes and you're explain d- displaying a flu- fruit of the flesh right what's really going on okay i'm angry but why what is the root of the problem Not just because I'm angry. What's going on in my heart that I need by faith and repentance turn over to God and pursue Him? All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank You for this opportunity, Lord, to uh, just see Your Word, Lord, and the the promises You've given us, God, that You desire to change us, to transform us, and so grateful, God, that it doesn't it's not in our own strength and power. It's not in our how good we can be, but it's all about learning to yield to you, to walk in the power of the Spirit, to renew our minds and to abide in Jesus and behold him and seek after him. And as we do those things, those are the means in which the Spirit uses to transform us. Thank you, Father, for that great salvation, but thank you also for loving enough to not keep us where we're at, but desiring to change us and transform us into Jesus. So help us, God. Help each and every one of us as we to walk out of the, uh, the, uh, the building this, this morning, Lord. Help us to pursue you through the power of your Spirit. And God, I pray that you would use us to be a a means in which you would bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus, that as we yield to you and walk in you, Father, that our fruit would be made uh, evident to those around us, that they would see not us and our righteousness, but that they would see Jesus. And that they too could be transformed. They too could have eternal life that you've given us in him. Our heart breaks for those around us who do not know you. Help us, God. Transform us into the people that you need us to be so that we might be vessels used for your glory in saving many. We ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. All right, we're going to have a song of invitation, Brother Jim.